Welcome to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. This is your host, Jude, and this is where I'll be chatting to you about how to design and create high-quality dance events and creative dance content. I'll be covering topics ranging from fundraising, marketing, production, content creation, design, and so much more so that you can have all the tools and resources you need to stand out and build genuine connections with your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast episode. Today, I am here with a special guest. This is Haya, also known as Monster Pop. Um, For many of you, also very prominently well known as the organizer of Jack of All Trades International Street Dance Festival. So thank you for joining me for today's podcast episode. Well, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to have a, a great conversation about culture creation. And, uh, and dance. Just for context for everyone who's tuning in, today we're really going to be diving deep into, I guess, your process for Jack of All Trades, how that event has kind of come together over time, and just kind of get a little bit more like background information and knowledge there that we can kind of pass on to other people who are maybe wanting to go down a similar route as yourself. So yeah, to get us started, um, can you give us a bit of background maybe on yourself to start, and then kind of we can go into talking about uh, Jack of all trades as an event. Uh, yeah, well, um, a street dancer, more specifically in, in the style of popping and and Bugulu culture. But um, I've dabbled in in different styles. Uh, did a bit of hip hop. Uh, I was I started in a breaking crew, so I did a bit of breaking, touched a bit of everything. You know, a bit of house, a bit of locking. But the main thing that I did, and and I'm known for, uh, of course, is popping. Come from a family of dancers. My mother was. Uh, Haitian was doing Haitian folklore dance, and my brother was a boogie boy in a in a street dance co- collective, a breaking collective, Illusion Breakers. And yeah, so uh, I would say um, I'm a leader in my in my local community, in Montreal community, Quebec, and also in the Canadian community. Uh, often been in the forefront and trying to push the envelope, trying to push. Uh, the culture. Could you maybe talk about how, I guess, your background in dance and maybe if there's anything else you want to include has kind of led you to creating Jack of All Trades and like what was the inspiration behind mm. putting that together in the first place? Well, often I talked about the story of me um, practicing and, and uh, going to sessions or having sessions with, with um, this guy called Jean-Francois Saint-Onge and also with McD Jean-Pierre, which is also known as Venom. So with McD, um, I used to go to um, the subway station, uh, Henri Bourassa. And uh, Montreal is an island, right? So I didn't have a car at that time. Um, and that's back in 2006, seven, eight. I would get to to the edge of the, of the city, get to Henri Bourassa, and then Jean-François would come and pick me up. And we would go and session in Laval, which is another island that is right on top of Montreal. We session a lot. We'll practice a lot uh, in Laval together, exchanging uh, either information, practices, idea, ideologies, challenging each other, uh, being competitive with each other. And we each had like our set of skills. McD was a very McD Venom was a very funky, uh, linky, puppety, scarecrow-ish, but definitely heavy on the footwork. Uh, leg work and the ground moves, uh, which was also a strong influence for me. And um, Jean-Francois was uh, more like a textbook. He liked to to really work on certain fundamental movement, more specifically in the 
in the the practice or in the the way of dancing which is within the electro boogaloo style and myself knowing that i came through from a from a background of boogie boying or being a boogie boy in the crew the breaking crew i even though i was learning and getting different type of information i was often quite multidisciplinary or trying different things uh, it doesn't mean that i was great at every single thing but i would try a lot of things robotics waving tutting uh, uh, take glides and different things at a time where it wasn't so either popular or a thing of uh, having poppers that were trying to do a lot of different and multiple styles. So now we're talking about 05, 06, 07, uh, a bit 08. And in 07, I would say like around 2007, Jean-Francois in a practice like that gave me the mental of, hey dude, in French, he's like, hey dude, you're a jack of all trades. He said jack of all trades in English, but the sentence was in French. And that stuck with me. And then it became part of my ideology of my way of approaching the dance, of just trying to find freedom in in different forms of expression, finding freedom in in the liberty of just trying different things. And that that stuck with me. And then when I started to, to head out of the city or let's say more head out of North America, because I used to go to the States like New York and 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 I remember hitting up uh, LA in 2008 also. But when I started to get out of North America, I realized that this multidisciplinary approach wasn't so either welcome or people weren't, I felt like the communities were not ready for that yet because there was a, a certain group that was still ruling the, the the competitions and the event with a with somewhat of an iron fist, even though that I I I respect their their practice and 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 also I've, there's a lot of their teaching that is also within my dance. So I'm not here to to bad mouth uh, that whole uh, collective and the way that they dance. But um, if you dance outside of that, I felt like it wasn't as much received compared to the community that we have today where you could come to and take wave glide strut and do a bunch of things and people are not only welcoming this but want to see this and um at that time it wasn't as well received so um i got to a place where i think i got frustrated i i was irritated about that that type of situation and i was wondering if it was me and i was having a lot of almost like existential uh questions about uh, my dance. And uh, at that time too, I felt like um, people were quite heavy online, going online and expressing their the way that they were feeling about that type of situation. And, mm. and for me, I was like, well, I'd rather do something constructive, something that either builds communities or gives opportunities to somebody like me, or more precisely for the next gen right after me, like a couple of years after me. And to give them like the possibility for them to be, to be multidisciplinary, and at the same time to challenge the people that were in that specific way of moving, in that specific school of thought, to be like, all right, cool, you're great at this, but can you move in all those different ways? And that was a bit of my peaceful revolt, mm. my for my peaceful anger. That's what it was. Mm. Um, it was my way of uh, revolting against this and. And but I wanted to do it in a peaceful way and uh, in a constructive constructive way. I didn't want to destroy. I didn't want to diss or or bad mouth certain certain ways because 
I think everybody's valuable. Every, even for those who, whomever in this culture, if you, you brought a stone to the wall, if you brought a brick to the wall, then you're important to that. And my goal was not to dismantle, destroy, and, and print out certain things. My goal, my goal was just to construct and add more. So that's how I came about. Yeah. yeah, I really love the way that you phrase that as like the metaphor of, literally we talk about like, hip hop being like about bricks and like street dance about like, you know, like you're building a wall and like all these different bricks from all these different communities have contributed to building that culture. And you're just adding your own bricks to it, as opposed to like trying to tear that down. I really love that. I think that's a really great visual. And I will say too, like, I really commend you for all the work that you've done with Jack of all trades. I think like you saw a very clear need in the scene um, that like you yourself felt like you wanted and wasn't being met. And if you felt that way, I'm sure a bunch of other people felt that way. And you tried something new and weren't afraid to take that risk. And it's come a long way and has obviously been very successful. So yeah, I think that's really awesome. I guess like moving more into the technical, like behind the scenes stuff, as far as your event goes, can you maybe give us like a breakdown of what goes into planning Jack of all trades, whether it's, you know, just the recent one that you're working on, or if there's one in particular that you want to talk mm -hmm. about, like maybe give us an idea of like that timeline, like the role that you play, um, maybe what your team is like, the budget and like the scope and things like that. Like what kind of goes into that? Yeah. So the team uh, on the Jolt, on the Jolt side, the, the main team is a, is a small team. It's a trio, but also we are doing this festival in co-production with this company called Danse Danse. And Danse Danse is uh, one of the biggest presenters of dance in Canada, and they present inside of the Place des Arts. So with them, uh, it's like adding an extra full team, you know, so our team of three plus, and I'm seeing a team of three is like at the core of Jolt. Of course, there's at a, at certain moments when things get a bit more heavy or when there's more things to be done, then there's other people that are added. We have also our boards of directors that are there too, like the president, vice president, treasurer, uh, secretary. So they also can help us. But the operation team is a team of three, which is uh, me, the, the, the general and artistic director of the festival, of the non-for-profit. Uh, then there's the co-director, Elian Ross. And also there is the, the project manager, uh, Dauphin Hoy. Give you a bit of a timeline. Joe just finished in September. It finished, uh, I think, September 4th, the 5th. And right after in Canada and more, and more specifically in, in Montreal, Quebec, there's like uh, grant seasons, right? So it's mm. the grant season in early fall and it's also the grant season in spring. But for our festival, knowing that it comes within Labor Day weekend, we have to absolutely apply within fall. So as soon as the festival was done, we had to triple, quadruple down into a grant proposal. And that's a lot of work. That's a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy administrative work. So uh, that's the first step. So going to all the echelons, meaning the Canadian Art Council, applying three grants and then applying for the Quebec Art Council. So Quebec is a province which would be similar to a state in the United States. Then after that, uh, apply in the municipal, so for the city from Montreal. Um, from there, also applying for other types of grants that is available for non-for-profits, either culture, art, community. 
uh, after that is also applying for for sponsorships as much as possible. And that's just for the funding because you want to make sure that your funding is is locked in before anything. That's that's the most important thing because it's you could have all the greatest ideas, but without any funding, it's going to be quite hard to to um, to to be able to create a festival. So that's the first step. Uh, the second step would be uh, all the planning, the communication plan, the marketing plan, the planning of of the festival, the planning of the year. Also, it's like what do we want to do throughout that year, and that's a lot of administrative work. Also, that's 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 really uh, a heavy load. Um, within that, that's all in fall. Also, we have to recap on the last uh, festival and see. Uh, what it is to change, uh, what did we do right, what did we do wrong. And then after that, as soon as January starts, the machine starts, you know, so meaning mm. like you start falling into your communication plan, marketing plan, uh, into the into um, managing the projects. And and every project that comes out is is geared towards creating either a hype or or an interest for the festival coming in in the end of august early september mm. so, um there is a couple of projects that are about to come out now but let's say we had some stuff coming out in january or in february which wasn't the case for this year but let's say we had some stuff in january or february and march then even though that's just uh, either an event or an exposition something it's still a way to keep the machine rolling so to to, to still be inside of um the lore or the the interests of the people that we've we've built around mm-hmm. Jolt and to and to gear them towards the next festival that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Within that, of course, um, uh, you have like contacting all the the artists, planning your your the the theaters, uh, the spaces, um, meeting with the, all the partners, also the different partners. That now you have the partners for financial purposes, but you also have partners that are supporting the event by either giving spaces, uh, by providing certain services. So there's all of that. So it's a lot of, I feel like in winter, it was a lot of either planning the festival, but also a lot of meeting, a lot of like shaking hands and and and, and meeting people and, and, and confirming things with this partner and confirming things with that partner. And then reconfirming certain things with this partner. It's a lot of back and forth constantly. The more you create success around something, then the more people want to bring things towards your 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 company or your non for profit or your festival, and it's answering that too. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, we have this new project for you that we feel that Jolt could could actually um, it'd be a benefit to Jolt, but also a benefit to culture and everything. You say yes, well, that's a new project that you have to work on, you know. Mm-hmm. It creates traction for 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 other things to come through. So it really sounds like. Basically, as soon as the event ends, like you're going back into planning mode for next year. And so it's really like a full year round job from like basically September to the end of the year. You're applying for grants, getting your funding sorted. And then like starting like January, those first few months are like essential planning points for your marketing and your communications and all that stuff. And then just like getting all the logistics organized. And then from there, it's like just moving on until the event's ready in September again. (laughs) After that is momentum. And also there's, like I said, there's certain events that, that are geared towards the festival. So now we have a new project that's about to come out that I can't talk about yet, but 
So that's one thing that we have to work on because we know that it's it's a whole own separate mm-hmm. project, but that also creates attention to Jolt. Mm-hmm. Or uh, every year from from now, like ever since we've we've done it in September, like we will always in early May, mid May have our launching party or not launching party, sorry, launching event. It's not a party, (laughs) but it's a launching official event where we reveal like what are the activities that will be at the festival, Mm. graphics and everything. And these are the artists that this and these are that. And, uh, and that too demands a lot of planning. So you want to make sure that by the time even mid April comes through that, even end of April max that everything, like everything to a T is confirmed. Mm, yeah. How does your role play into like all these different elements? Like how heavily are you involved versus like some of your other people on your team? Like mm-hmm. what would you say is like your primary role in all of those different planning processes? Yeah. Well, I, I oversee for sure. And, and um, I think that Joe is still has a lot of space for, for growth, a lot of space for growth within the company. So there's still, um, you know, first we need to be a, a, a bigger team on the side of Joe, which is actually developing itself more and more. I mean, there is, like I said, sat- satellite folks or groups that can be connected to the, the core team. And me, like I said, general director. So general director takes care of a lot of the to be a general director of a non-for-profit is strong admin, bookkeeping, and uh, legalities and, and logistics mm-hmm. a lot. The artistic director, so therefore I create the vision, the creative behind, and I take a lot of the decisions or bring a lot of propositions about what needs to be and how to, the, the programming should be. But that should only be my job. That's it. But knowing mm-hmm. so that the team is a bit smaller, for sure, I dabble in different things. You know, I've dabbled mm-hmm. in a lot of things inside of the business or ever since the first event, you know, like I've mm-hmm. even touched some graphic design, some motion design, some video. Yeah. I've touched a lot of different things. But we do try our best to stay in our lanes because mm-hmm. this is how the machine works better. Uh, yeah. Ross, Ross is like the... The, the the co-director, uh, like she's assisting me. And I felt like um, there's certain things in the production that she takes care of a bit more, like planning of the outdoor activities and the, the volunteers and, and and some of the workshops. Like she was taking care of other things. Also, Jolt Art. Um, she was the one kind of managing this, this, uh, this whole uh, project. And the project manager is in between the both of us, kind of answers to some of our requests. And also we can gear them to towards certain certain projects. Like, all right, cool, can you take care of this? And then he take care of it. But um, I'm more of like the, the head of the machine, so legalities, uh, general director, and also the creative side of the machine. And I would say artistic director is my title, but also uh, Ross has a lot of say to the uh, the artistic vision why well, pay attention to to her comments okay cool um yeah and I know like you've kind of touched on this as well but like obviously since Jack of all trades was first founded until now it's evolved a lot so has your role and your team obviously has grown a little bit and I assume it'll continue to grow um I'm very curious though about how you not only like within your team have been able to like find the right people to fill those roles and continue to expand, but also how you have kind of 
created relationships with a lot of the partners that you've mentioned, like Dance Dance. How are you able to kind of like form and create those relationships over time? I think the, the most important thing is um, I often use this in a lot of my either meetings with the Joe team or even what uh, meetings within my um, uh, for my clothing company or or with my collective or different people. And I often say that it's a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And to answer that question, it would be the idea of marathon would be consistency. It's just being consistent, you know? If you are consistent in your community, then your community trusts you, right? So I've been consistently present and building things within my community in Montreal and been a person that's been present for when when help this ask, been present when I needed to be present and, and fulfill my role as a leader inside of my community. Therefore, there is a, a trust that is built, right? And with distrust, a lot of the people that came through the help jolt, I didn't ask. Uh, if it was for me, I, I'm, I'm often like, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of things by myself and I just figure it out. So a lot of people that came through uh, and work with jolt, I'm talking about on the jolt side, um, are people that came towards me and were like, hey, uh, I would like to, to partake in this. And um, these are my skill sets. Uh, these are my aptitudes, and and the, that is my degree, and and I can help you with that. I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it together. And and uh, I'm I'm team oriented for that, you know. Uh, but I like small teams, you know. It's like something honest, and I right, it's mm-hmm. us, you know, own little tribe. And when it comes to partners, again, uh, it's, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. And I think sometimes, sometimes people. Um, either rush the relationship with their partners or it's like, Hey, like I, you know, I have this big project and I would like for you to fund it like for my festival that's coming up next year or coming up in six months. And it doesn't work like that. You know, you have to first create an interest into the partner that you desire to, to build with and collaborate with. And, and you want the longevity, you know, you don't want it to be a one-off. So, so you want to be interested in, in their work. You will, you want to show up multiple times, like, hey, like this is where I'm at with my work, and not ask yet. Just create this acquaintance, acquaintance with them, you know. And and with dance, dance, it's a it's a work. I was um, being in contact with the general director of dance, dance since uh, I think November, end of November, right after Joe 2016, and kept contact. I was like, hey, here's this PDF that I've built about Joe and what we've done so far. And oh, in 2017, here's this thing that I just did. Uh, we did a Jolt uh, Singapore and uh, and uh, and we might have like a Jolt India coming up in February 2018. Oh, that's great. Oh, look, um, I have tickets for, for Joe 2018. That's the one Pop did. It's like, hey, I got tickets for, for Joe. Would you like to bring your whole team or, you know, I could sit you in the front if you want. And I've seen in the comments sometimes people are like, yo, who's this guy in the front? Those people <laughs> sitting in the front, it's like, well, those are the that's the team of my co-producers. Mm. I invite you, come in and partake in this and see what it is. Yeah. And he's from the contemporary background. I was like, yo, that's quite interesting. I really like this. And it's like, yeah, I think there's a, you know, with you with your expertise and with my expertise, I think there's a possibility mm. to do something great here. And I kept building that and building that until the point that and and also insinuating that eventually I would like you know to 
take space into um, La Place des Arts, which is the complex, you know, the big artistic complex. And then in 2020, the 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 general director uh, of Danse Danse hit me up and it was like, look, I think I have a project for you and let's let's build from there and see how it works. And it worked well. And uh, we kept building from there, you know, and it's, it, it took time. It's like that's 2016, you know, that's seven years ago, you know. Yeah. And I really like, too, how a lot of what your relationship building has been is like giving without necessarily asking to receive in return. So even just being like, hey, like, here's this thing, like, hope you enjoy it. Or like, hey, I've got some free tickets to the event if you want to come check it out. Instead of being like, hey, can you give me money for this event that, I, that I'm putting together? Like, I think coming from that perspective, I think is definitely super valuable because when, you know, we hear about sponsorships or we hear about partnerships or things like that, like the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, like I need money how can I get what I need instead of focusing on like the mutual exchange of that relationship and how you can build that relationship before. Um, So yeah, I think that's super helpful to hear. So I do kind of want to pivot just a little bit into our next question. Um, So my next question is what challenges have you faced while putting Jack of all trades together? And again, this could be just general, this could be like very specific. It's totally up to you and what you Mm -hmm. want to talk about, but yeah. I think you meet different challenges depending on which part of your process you're in. And I don't know where I'm at exactly. I mean, I know I'm way further than I've ever been, but um, I know there's still more more steps for, for me to go and there's more floors for me to pass through. And and just watching um, the general director of Danse Danse, I can also see that he still passes through more steps. So it's, it's a never-ending learning curve, you know, it's just like, it's that white belt mentality, you know, you constantly learn, you know, you, you, it's, it's, um, you know, it's like, a, it goes up, it's an ebb and flow, it goes up and then it dips down and then it goes up. But as it dip, you actually higher than your, your highest point when you were somewhere around here, but it feels like it's a low and then you go higher and then it goes down and it, it keeps going up like that. And, um, I think that's the lesson for sure that I've accepted, you know, the lesson of 10x, you know, uh, a friend of mine spoke to me about it. I never read the book, but it talked about like, like uh, most things take, take 10 times more either energy or time or, or attention or grit for it to be accomplished. So with a 10x mentality, you're like, all right, cool. Well, there's always this new weight or this new challenge for you to take. But I went to different things, you know, the, the earlier times of Joe... Is something that I was doing out of pocket, you know, just for cult, for culture, you know, it's it's out of pocket doing gigs, gathering my money, and then let me do this event called Jack of All Trades, and then do it again, and then, you know, you get broke from doing that. Like it's it's that's, that's the harsh part. That's the true part. Like the the early stages of Jolt, that's 2014. It's just me being eager to create this thing, and um, I was trying to go for grants and. Uh, the the grant bodies consult of of arts bodies were not necessarily open to funding battles you know they didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was a, either an artistic practice or they just it didn't fit it didn't fit and um, so we had to fund things by ourselves and at first it was harsh but it taught me a lot of grit it taught me how to work it taught me how to be self sufficient you know and I think no matter what whether you get grants or not you have to learn how to be self-sufficient first. Like, can you hold your own 
believing in the dream and the thing and the this 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 idea that you have can you believe in that first and if automatically you need the funding then you're you're not in the right spot and you're you're not in the right spot and you didn't find the right proposition that that brings that out of you you know joe mm-hmm. brought that out of me where i was like i right, cool i'm willing to go to that grit to this difficult thing with with this idea that i have and the first time i did the festival in 2016 it was a great success you know it was like success in my scene success as like a proposition as like yo i did something like totally different you know it was like an art exposition and a beat making battle and then there was the battle and then parties and and workshops it's like yo i did it but and so on the outside or my artistic self was so um happy basically happy and felt um fulfilled from doing this and i know it brought a lot of happiness in my local community and i know for the people from outside that were paying attention they enjoy seeing it but on the feasible side of things it totally put me in the red totally put me in the red yeah. i didn't have any funding so it was all my you know, and then you learn from that. Eventually, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. This is not sustainable. So I gotta figure mm-hmm. something. Out. I have to figure, figure out how to turn this into a sustainable business, you know, or a sustainable uh, cultural happening, you know. Yeah. But I think that first part, those first three years or four years max, three years, um, were really important because it made me one with this proposition. It it made me recognize the authenticity and the honesty of this thing called Jolt. And then from that, I've built around it and built the machine. While often I feel that certain companies, they build a machine, but it's soulless. Mm-hmm. There's no like history. There's no grit. There's no like, yeah. what are you fighting for? You know, what are you trying to bring forward? You know? Yeah. And I think too, as um, someone myself also, who's like, trying to start my own business and trying to do these events with shadow puppets and stuff like you have to recognize that at the end of the day like no one's going to be as invested in your idea as you are or the thing that you believe in as you are and so like you have to be willing to put that level of investment and work into it to even just get it off the ground and accept that it is going to take time and it's probably not going to you know, blow up right away, or it's probably not going to be sustainable right away. And like, you just have to be resourceful. And so I 100% agree with that. And I think that that's, um, yeah, I think relatable for me, at least. Mm -hmm. So um, I would add also that it's like, for me, that's like the the first phase, that was the first phase. And I felt like I'm at phase three, but the first Mm -hmm. that phase two was, all right, well, like, just to make it shorter, phase two for me was uh, now you have to turn it to a non-for-profit. Now you have to turn it to a business. Now you have to figure out like all the the system. You know, there's a whole system of art and culture in Canada that you can utilize to make that happen. And now phase three is like, because the first jolt, the first jolt in January 25th, 2014, I was like, yo, one day jolt is going to be at La Place des Arts. But La Place des Arts is the biggest artistic complex in Canada. It's like, it's that's the... The, the most elitist and biggest artistic complex in, in the country. So I was like, I call, I want to be there one day, you know? And finally you get there. So that's phase three. And I felt like um, I'm at phase three and it's now learning, learning how to understanding that you're, you're a festival that has a lot to give, 
uh, a celebration that has a lot to give, but now you're playing with the bigger fishes, you know, mm-hmm. people that have been in this, this culture system and, and producing things for quite a long time. And you, you, you're learning fast. You, you have to learn fast. You have to pick up things fast and everything is a learning curve. Like every wow. step at this phase is like in this phase too, I would say it's been a couple of years, but every step is a learning curve is a learning curve is a new mm-hmm. learning curve. And it feels a bit like phase one, but it's of course without the financial difficulties, but, mm-hmm. but it feels like phase one because it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a solid learning curve. You know, everything is, is a lot of things are new. Every day I learn something new every day. I'm, I'm picking up on new things of way, oh, that business worked this way and that business works that way. And, and their team is this and, oh, this position in a team means that. And, oh, we have to do like, I don't know, like build documents in this way. Like I'm learning things every time, uh, every day uh, in that process of phase three. Yeah, I love that. I love breaking it down by the phases because it gives you more clarity, I guess, as to where you're at in that journey and also gives um, people who are earlier on that journey a better vision of like where they're headed as well and like how that will take time to develop so yeah I really like that so now that we've kind of talked a little bit about the challenges that you've kind of faced throughout your different phases of your journey with putting jack of all trades together um, I kind of wanted to talk about things that you were most proud of or felt were like most successful with your event and if you could pick out like maybe like one or two moments that like really stood out with you throughout your journey of yeah. putting jack of all trades together that were like really impactful or meaningful for you that would be really great i think i have to name a few i think i have to name a few uh, uh top of my head like that i would say the first jack of all trades that was like a major success simply for bringing something new whether locally or, or outside of, of, the, of the city or it's just uh, it's just something that was like totally different and i felt like um the event i mean i'm repeating what people told me before but i felt like that event gradually changed also the scape of of like the practice a little bit you know some people feel like that you know it just it brought something new and then that eventually made it that there was a lot of international interest the second thing would be the whole uh, international circuit that happened from 2017 to 2000, right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's just communities, you know, like the the Jordan D International is like, it's like seeing Shadow Puppets tomorrow is like, yo, we want to do like a, a Jolt. And we, and then it's just communities that was contacting me directly, directly being like, yo, we want to do Jolt. We want to bring this, this concept, this idea, this, this vibe, this energy into our communities and would you be interested in like doing that? And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. You know, but of course I had my conditions, but um, yeah. So that made it that, that, you know, Joe was somewhat incorporated uh, at the uh, alt control uh, event uh, in Singapore, it was incorporated in, in um, style dynasty in Taipei in Taiwan twice was incorporated as Jolt India after that in, in Hyderabad. It was incorporated in the UK, in Japan, in LA twice, uh, thanks to Slim Boogie. And um, in Vancouver also, even though it's Canada, but it's totally on the other side. And for me, that was um, 
a marking point because you don't realize how impactful something that you're doing until people are approaching you and, and letting you know or giving you hints on the impacts that you're bringing to them. So that would be the second part. The third and last one would be, actually, no, that's that's the, that was the third one, the international thing. I, I have four. The okay. second one would be would be the festival. The first time I did the festival, even though it was harsh, it was really harsh on my pocket. <laughs> you know, I didn't have the non-for-profit at that time. It was all out of pocket. But um, I remember um, um, this lady called Pax. She knew I was a multidisciplinary artist, and she's also a multidisciplinary artist. And she's like, you know, this way that you are plurry with the way that you're you. you 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 dance and also that it that it shows inside of your just art form whether if it's poetry beat making rhyming so forth and so on i think you should incorporate that inside of of like multiple days and that should be a festival so it wasn't my idea at first it's more an idea that was brought to me through the spectrum or to the gaze of pax being like yo that's who you are so why don't you fully show yourself throughout your, your your festival. Like if if the festival started from you being this popper that was multidisciplinary, then why not fully show this multidisciplinary side of yourself as 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 a director of that? And uh she was the one who created the jewel art. So we had an art gallery in the first one. I never had done never done that before. And I was like I call this to an art gallery. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, cool. And on top of that, I'll do a beat, make sure that we have a beat making battle. So that spoke to me because I'm a dude that kind of messes with beat making and we're doing different things. And I feel that um, that Joe 2016 is very special because that's the first time that I call Jack of All Trades a festival, right? Mm-hmm. And ever since it became a, a festival. And I, and I did because I was scared. You know, I was doing that, but I was extremely scared. I was like, it's just an event. Like, how am I calling this a festival? But I, uh, I, I kept through it and 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 uh, accepted my faith <laughs> doing that. And um, like I said, the third one is the international circuit, and the fourth one would be last uh, Jode Festival, uh, two thousand twenty-two, which was a first for the Place des Arts. It's a to- it's a first for the Place des Arts. They never had something like that on. Uh, in that complex. It was the first for Dance Dance. It was the first for Montreal Street Dance to occupy that space and for it to be not gentrified or when I'm saying gentrified, meaning that it's like a lot of like either contemporary mix with street mm-hmm. dance or like Koyo has so it's like if this was yeah. like street dance community taking space and we don't have to have an add-on of like mix with sport or mix with contemporary or yeah. mix with us. And for us to take space like that, that was a first, you know, it was a first in so many things. And um, and that brought, you know, it's like, like I said, phase three, you know, that was like a, a boost. I was already in phase three, but that was an extra boost to phase three and really solidified mm-hmm. Jolt as a, at least locally in the city, you know, amongst the big institution as like one of those festivals, you know. Mm-hmm. So that will be the the four points. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I know like you should be very, very proud of all of the work that you've done with Jack of all trades. Like when I went to um, your event for the first time, like in person, I'd, I'd been watching it online for like ages and had known about it, but I finally went in person for the first time last year. And just like 
being in person and experiencing that was so like special for me because I feel like here in Chicago, there's not a lot of like events that are on the scale of what you do and on the quality level of what you do. And the fact that you always put like the street dance culture first is like really important too. I know like, for example, when I was there for the hip hop battle, you actually asked the spectators to take a step back. And then you asked um, the dancers to take a step forward and just really prioritized creating that like energy and environment that was important for the dancers. And you, your reasoning, at least what you said at the time was that like spectators don't know what it's like to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. um in that position like putting yourself out there and performing on stage for like all those different people um and so like I thought that was a really special moment and I don't know if you want to speak more about it but like I think you just do a really amazing job of like getting the right people in the space providing like the right energy in the space um and just curating like that atmosphere and that environment for people and I think that's really awesome so yeah well well thank you thank you on that um I, I it's just um it's just empathy and, and and sympathy, but most importantly, empathy. And, and it's it's trying to put myself in the shoes of I'm older now, so I don't I don't feel that same pressure for battles because I don't either care to win or lose. But to be like, oh, your younger self, imagine because I remember the first, well, the second version of Buster Move was actually at that same space at uh, Club Soda. So they used to be Buster Move, and Buster Move was the biggest festival before. And I remember those times when I was dancing on that stage and, and you know, my heart is beating and I feel like, you know, not afraid, but anxious, a lot of anxiety and angst. And also I remember situations being in, in the international circuit where you feel that angst and you sense that you go, you're in a foreign country, you're in a different place and in that specific country or city is rooting for their guys and you're there killing it and then and it's, it's crickets. Mm-hmm. And, and I never found it fair. I was like, guys, like if we're here for the art form, we should all celebrate each other, you know, even if it's a, even if it's your boy. Actually, it's okay that you scream a bit more for him, but at least if you see something that is that is strong and the and 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 technical and ingenious, please give me some energy, you know. Mm-hmm. And all and, and all this reflection or me telling the, the the spectators to go out and for the dancers to come through it's again things stemming from experiences that i lived you know living those things i was like i wish that i had montreal there i wish i had people there showing me love for 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 my practice and um and it's it's this thing of having the dancers close to the stage is something that i always kept since the beginning too like i always made sure to have my my high people like guys and and ladies that are next to the stage that I know will freely give you energy you know you just do one single yo let's go you do let's go and they scream like as if it's the same well not the same but it's a similar hype to crump you know it's like something mm-hmm. similar not the same the hype in crump is higher but it's like wanted to see the best out of the dancer whether you're from montreal out of montreal another country we don't care we just want to see the best out of you and be there rooting for you and um that's why i have like i don't know people like seven stars seven star is a very important person in our street dance community here he's like um co-founder of the like the first crump collective in canada uh director of montreal crump alliance and is a you know, we're part of the same generation and he's always showing love. He's at every jolt right next to the stage. 
with the shades and vibing out. And um, yeah, I did that for, for the sake of empathy, simply for the idea of trying to put myself in the shoes of a dancer that's not from the city. Maybe he's jet lagged. Maybe he feels that angst. He wants to dance well and he's trying to find his footing. Can't feel his fingers, can't feel his toes. Like I'm trying to find my footing and I just passed top 16. And But all the dancers, we know what it is. So we'll be like, yo, let's go. Ooh, that was nice. Let's go. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And give that kind of energy. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess just kind of to wrap up our conversation, um, is there any final, like, I guess, lessons, advice, or any resources that you'd want to recommend to people who are wanting to kind of go down a similar path of doing an event similar to Jack of All Trades or on a scale of that level? Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that you'd want to close out with? Final thoughts? Final thoughts. I'll try to keep it short, but I feel like it's hard to keep it short. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Hey, there's so much to say, but um, nah, I'll say whatever comes to mind. Like, you can't skip any steps. Because even, like, all those moments that are gritty and difficult, like, I'm so grateful for the 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18. Like, I'm so grateful for those years because those are gritty years with Jolt. But it taught me so much, you know, to, and, and I've learned so much. It made me equipped for where Jolt is right now. Uh, if I didn't go through to the, to the trenches with Jolt, uh, within those those years, I would not one have the energy and the grit to go through the things that I'm going right now, which is not not necessarily to say difficult or harsh. It's just that it's a lot of work, but I'm not afraid of the work because I'm used to like ah, grinding and pushing forward. I would say that. I would say um, maybe to my younger self, I would say, hey, like trying to build a non for profit as early as possible. That would be that would have been um, uh, uh, maybe a smarter move. But mm -hmm. still, I've learned some gritty stuff to that. But I would have been more, so I would have been solidified as a non for profit earlier, which means I would have been able to get some fundings earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be afraid to collaborate. I will say it in my French, in, in French, but I know it's the same word in English, but I don't know how to say it properly. It's a mutualization, mutualization. It's basically to take different organizations and find ways for different organizations to work together. Mm. Think we, and that goes further than organizations and for profit collectives, mm -hmm. business to collective individuals. I think sometimes in the and I've been guilty of that, but in the culture sometimes we're a bit crab in the bucket. Instead of it's like, oh, he's not doing it right, so he sucks. Or that person, that organization, not doing, and instead of being like, hey, how can we coexist? And it's okay that I don't necessarily agree all the time with what you're doing, but we all here together. So how do we coexist? Because mm -hmm. through coexisting, you also allow space and, and space is allowed for you. It's like, all right, cool. Now it's your thing. All right, cool. Let's all support that. Now it's my thing. Okay, now let's all support that. And then you create space. Mm. And um, my youngest self, I would have been like, yeah, don't be afraid to collaborate with either different organizations, different collectives, different different people. Of course, it's important to have similar values, similar missions. Because mm -hmm. if it's something that's totally against your mission and value, then yeah, don't do that. But right. to be open to that idea. And sometimes collaborating means maybe it's outside of street dance. Like I'm collaborating with a presenter of contemporary dance. You know, that's the company. But they are giving me space. It's our festival. 
They are co-producers, so they are partners to the festival. And they are giving us space, even though they have a lot of notoriety, they are giving us space to be like, yo, that's is this thing and we're supporting that because we feel that it's something that deserves to be supported. But but if I was close-minded to the idea of trying to collaborate with folks in different mm. companies, then then that would have not happened, you know? I think yeah. I think that part is important to be open to collaborations, open to conversation, network, um, shake hands, shake a lot of hands. And my last thing will be my last thing, and I live by that, is that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, on some 10x mentality. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's you showing up every day and placing one stone and placing another stone. And and next thing you know, you keep your head down, you keep walking forward. Next thing you know, you raise your head, you're like, hey, I'm in my destination. So knowing it's a marathon, you see, I'm going further, but knowing it's a marathon, then you have to be patient with folks because mm. you don't want to burn bridges. It's not a sprint. You don't want to burn bridges. You don't want, you want to be more patient with folks. You want to be able to collaborate with folks. You want to be able to give space and take space and and trying to find way to create cohesion, trying to find ways to to be to like negotiate and be more diplomatic than being destructive with each other. And I think sometimes that's the problem in the culture. You know, yeah. let's ha- let's sit down and have a conversation. I disagree with it. it's okay. Sit down and have a convo because it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again for taking the time to do this interview on this podcast. Um, I will be putting all of um, the information about Jack of All Trades, the links where you can find that in the description. Um, so if you guys want to learn more, feel free to go and check that out. Um, and again, if you want to connect with me, you can also connect with me at Jinx Dance Media on Instagram or jinxdancemedia.com. Um, but yeah, thank you so much again, Haya, for taking the time to do this. And yeah, I'll talk to everyone else next week on the next episode. 